to the MetaZen cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. Episode 11, The Power of Associations. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Medicine Cabinet and welcome to episode 11. Y'all, we are over the hill and we are on to the next goal. <sighs> I can't tell y'all how excited I am to be past episode 10. You know, with a little research, I saw that most people usually back out around episode 8. So I definitely didn't want that to be me. Plus, I have a certain amount of episodes that I'm challenging myself to hit before the year is over, so I gotta see that through. Anyway, welcome to this new episode, and in this episode, we will be talking about the power of associations, you know, the people that you have around you, whether it's your friends, your day ones, your family, you know, your girl, your man, your kids, whoever that might be for you. We're gonna discuss that this episode and get into that and make sure you're doing the best that you can by yourself and honoring yourself and choosing the right people to be around you choosing people that support your development that support your growth and your intentions if you're new to the podcast and just coming in to learn with us what's up and if you're returning to check a new episode what's up kids <laughs> you know i'm just feeling real good about this i'll be feeling good about every episode really because every episode is something that i'm passionate about so you know I definitely look forward to us getting into this and learning a bunch of new things that you probably didn't know before, that I probably didn't know before, but we're going to get into it. In the first segment, we'll be talking about the value of associations. In the second segment, we'll be talking about the enemy of associations. And in the last segment, we'll be talking about how we can practice better judgment when it comes to choosing who we have around us and who we allow to influence us. So stay tuned for that. You definitely don't want to miss it. Anyway, let's jump into it. How Elrod said, if you want to upgrade your circle of influence, it begins with upgrading yourself. I personally love this quote because it's taken me some years to really understand it and to actually put it into action, but to really understand it and let it sink in. You know, as humans, we feel like we're untouchable and you know, we can control who and what influences us, but the mind is ongoing and protecting us and surviving. So it's always paying attention to something and it's always paying attention to someone, whether you want it to or not. 
I've had to make so many mistakes over the years with friends, but I've also had the luxury of leveraging other people's experiences with their friendships and their associations with their family. And I've been able to just really make the most of all my experience by combining it all together. I feel like oftentimes we can realize that something's wrong with the people that's in our inner circle, but we rarely take the time to acknowledge that we may be the issue, you know? We don't really we don't attract anyone that doesn't have any of the any similar properties or ingredients in our own vibration. So anyone that's causing problems in your life, anyone that's bringing you strife, the only reason they're able to do that and they're theirs because you energetically invited them into your life, whether you know it or not. I spent so many years being drenched and, you know, just steeping in anger and impatience and hatred and resentment. And I didn't realize the whole time that I was doing that, I maintained a new crowd or a new person that mirrored those same things. And they were, they helped keep those things alive in me. They fed those flames. They fanned those flames. And that's the way it is with all of us, you know, when it comes to wanting to upgrade ourselves, it definitely starts with the people that you have around you influencing you on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is so important for so many reasons. One, you know, your circle influences your or shapes your perception, you know, the way you hear, the way you see, and the way you interpret life. So if you have people around you that have distorted realities that have distorted personalities then you yourself are definitely taking on that distortion and your perception has probably been compromised one way or another as a result of it you may stand back in the cut and say yeah you know she didn't even understand me he didn't even understand me did you know that he does this or you know what this person does wrong and you don't realize that you've been feeding this narrative by keeping them around so many times we're trying to get better, uh, better. We desperately want to be, get better. We're doing everything we can. We're changing our diets. We're changing our, our wardrobe, our hair. We're changing what we're watching on TV. We're changing what we're eating. We're changing where we work. But most times we never get around to examining the people that advises us, the people that are there when we win, when we lose, and they're different, you know? And it really just takes that time to be introspective and just pay attention to who's filling your cup. Because many times we spend all our time filling the cups of many, but no one fills our own. Your inner circle is also valuable because they have a lot of say in what inspires you or what scares you. You know, if you spend more time around people that are fearful and doubtful and insecure and paranoid, it won't be long before the gray cloud gets you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you end up being one of those people that are talented at calling out the many mil the million reasons why something won't work or, you know, you're quick to talk about how starting this business won't work, how reading this book, the five reasons how reading this book won't uh, help. And you become an, a pessimist. So, you know, they really contribute a lot to what you're inspired by or what you're scared of. I grew up around a lot of people that came from dire situations and had it hard. So a lot of their intention in life and working 
was or is more or less surviving. I just need to get by. You know, I don't want to do any more than what's required of me to just get by, but I just want to survive. And for a long time, I thought that was my, well, that was my intention too, but I realized surviving is hell and it's tiresome, it's draining. And I realized I had to reconfigure my intention. I had to get a new why. I had to get a new reason and I had to start over. I had to go to the drawing board and I had to figure out something new, a newer purpose for living. I had to figure out that I desired fulfillment and not complacency. The people around you also influence your ability to implement or take action or execute. You know, if you're around people that spend lots of time making excuses and, yeah, I haven't started this business yet because it's just not time or I don't have enough money or I'm too old or I'm too busy with work or the kids, the kids need me to be around or, you know, whatever, just always having a bunch of excuses and never taking action that gets around you know they usually might put their claws in you and it's like you know you need to just take it easy you work so hard you you hustle so much and you really just need to take it easy and you know once you start taking it easy now they're trying to keep you from taking action ever again just so they can feel comfortable you know those kind of people that you spend time with and you know, you can just feel the energy change the room when you talk about your endeavors or the things that you're going out for or the things that you're taking action on. And they feel like you're being a know-it-all or they feel like you're being a superman or, you know, it's like you're trying to make them look bad. They pretty much take it personally like you're trying to mock their behavior or their poor effort. I've always been somebody that saw myself as being wealthy and rich one day. You know, someone that was or is making a hundred or six figures a day, you know, a hundred grand a day, as opposed to a hundred grand a year or fifty grand a year. I've always been the person that wanted to get the most out of this body, get the most out of my skills and get the most out of my time. You know, and then learning that about myself, I spent so much time around people that made me feel like crap about being so ambitious and being so adventurous and explorative. And I needed time to unplug. I needed time to assess my value and what I what it is that I want and learn that it was nothing wrong with that. But if I was going to accomplish anything, I was going to definitely need to pack up and get the hell from around it. And maybe that's you too. When you have poor associations or when you have a poor uh, inner circle, then the gift of internalization becomes distorted and tainted because as humans, we have the ability and privilege to be able to draw strength and courage or whatever we need from another person by damn near osmosis or a transfusion when they offer their experience and tell us how they overcame a similar situation. But when you're with someone or around people that are negative and they're not overcoming anything, they're running from their problems, they're hiding and suppressing their issues, you can only internalize negativity. You can only internalize toxicity. You can only internalize crap, mess, no nutrients, no antioxidants, no psychological antioxidants. You can only internalize garbage. Garbage that, are, uh, garbage that is going to bloat you and make you not be your best problem solver, make you not 
be able to integrate your character in the fullness of your character. And as, a, and as, as a result, excuse me, as a result, you can't show up for yourself in a way that you're deserving of. You know, you can't be there for you. You can't be the purest expression of who you were created to be. I've spent so much time around people that just want to see the world, that just want to or expect the worst out of life all the time. And it is so exhausting. I've been through impossible shit. Like I've been through terribly dark things, but I have no reason to live or have no reason to look forward to the future if I'm feeding myself the worst case scenario all the time, if I'm always looking to figure out or look for the reason something won't work or won't, you know, add up or something won't be successful, that's not a way to live. It's definitely not a healthy way to live. And as long as you're spending time around negative people who don't lift you up, who don't bring out the best in you, who don't encourage you to, you know, expand your character, who doesn't do, who doesn't disrupt your comfort zone, then you're only going to exist in that mediocrity and internalize negative things and become more and more poor morally. And most of all, you take on their thought patterns, you develop their habits. You know, I had to get to a place maybe some years ago, maybe three, four, maybe five years ago where I had to stop talking on the phone, you know, for one, in my day job back then, I was working in a call center here and or working in customer service or just spending or desk jobs where I was spending lots of time on the phone. So I was getting burnt out at work every day, all day. So when I come home, I don't really have the desire to talk on the phone. So if I make the time to talk to you on the phone, do not waste my time. And <laughs> I used to talk to so many people, family, friends, whatever, and you just get on the phone with people and people just want to complain. People want to complain about the same things on the loop. And I had to get this rule where it's like, you only get three times to discuss this matter. And then, you know, you either move on to the next person or it's time to resolve it or take action. You know, and that's it, you're done. You know, allowing people to step on the phone with you does not to complain, does not make you a good friend. I don't give a damn what nobody tells you. I mean, it's relative or subjective, whichever the term, <laughs> to each of us. But sitting on the phone, phone and allowing someone to complain to you consistently does not make you a good friend. It makes you an enabler. It makes you the person to call to complain and dump negative energy on when they want. And when you set that expectation, when you try to outgrow that expectation, it's going to be a problem because you allowed yourself to be the garbage man or the garbage woman. And now you're trying to switch it up. And they were comfortable sharing their garbage and being their lowest of low and, you know, not really wanting to take action. The moment you try to inspire them to take action or see it differently, they just want to wallow in self-pity and just wallow in you know whatever and you don't have to be there for that you don't you know supporting that and condoning that does not make you a good friend so you know spending lots of time around negative people definitely creates negative habits and thought patterns that you don't you know need you look up one day and you thought that you thought this one thing about something or that you used to but talking to these negative friends enough you started to distort how this belief that you had in something good that you you know that you used to love something that empowered you but now you're a little jaded behind it and nothing and nothing's happened to you you know it's all their experience and all they're doing so 
you know, definitely think about that. And I really took an interest in associations or the influence of others by becoming interested in different things like human behavior and psychology and even profiling. You know, I watch criminal minds for fun. And I know what you're thinking. It's probably dark stuff and crazy stuff. But I love to examine and understand human behavior. Johnny Depp said, people say I make strange choices, but they're not strange for me. My sickness is that I'm fascinated by human behavior, by what's underneath the the surface, by the worlds inside people. And I must say that it has revolutionized my life, you know, learning more about human behavior and, you know, profiling body language and different things. It has helped me to learn more about myself and others. You know, I grew up as a kid around people that were very ignorant and unapologetic about their behavior. And this isn't, you know, any moment to sling mud or whatever like that. It just is what it is. For people that didn't want to be educated about their behavior, how they made other people feel. And I just wanted to try to find some type of resolution, you know, with that matter without becoming bitter and resent, you know, full of resentment. So, you know, learning about human behavior allowed me to learn and understand other people. You get insight into why they do what they do, why we, uh, how we think the way we think, and you know that can be a lot of the battle. You also become a stronger communicator, you know, with being able to analyze nonverbal cues, tone of voice, eye contact, and just overall listening skills. You really get to become a better communicator. You also get stronger in your ability to resolve conflict. You know, when you're studying human behavior, you get better at identifying behaviors, you know, underlying behaviors. You get better at identifying motives for conflict. You know, a lot of times people don't realize why they do what they do or say what they say in the middle of a conflict. It's just all impulsive and emotional. And when you're able to study human behavior and have that edge, you know, you kind of have the luxury of knowing more more about people than they do about themselves. And it's not a matter of knowing more about that particular individual, but we're all uh, humans and we share a lot of the same behaviors and actions. So to know myself is to know you. And you can't imagine how many times that has alienated other people because, you know, when people feel like you're learning and absorbing them quicker than they want you to, they kind of clam up and get defensive and you don't know me and you don't even know me like that. And it's like, I know me. If I, if I know me, I know you. And you may not think it's the same thing, but it's pretty damn close. And lastly, it allows you to just have a overall better social life, you know? It allows you to be more empathetic and vulnerable with people, but definitely more empathetic when you understand how people do what they do or why they behave, but how they behave or say what they say, and how a lot of times the psychology is just much bigger than them, you know, and how common the behavior can be. It allows you to be more empathetic and, you know, instead of thinking this person is a bad person or a shitty person, a lot of times it can be that too. But, you know, Albert Bandura said that fortunately, most human behavior is learned observationally through modeling from others. And that helps me so much because it's through a person's behavior, studying a person's behavior where 
I get to learn a lot about their environment, their childhood, their parents, how they grew up, any generational curses and, you know, different things like that. And I see myself as someone that's definitely here to disrupt comfort zones and to disrupt complacency and mediocrity. So when I'm around people or in situations where I feel like people just kind of want to wallow in what is and don't want to improve the situation, it's easier to just be you know, hopeless and doubtful, I don't have that. And I know sometimes it can be insensitive and, you know, feel like it's messing with the person's progress, uh, process, but it's also, you know, me being mindful of myself that, you know, we create our reality. So I like to uphold what's pure, what's positive, what's helpful, what's going to grow me and empower me. You know, the truth is what I call it. It doesn't really matter what really happened. It's what you walk away with. It's what you're going to do with it. So, you know, I uphold that it. most of the time. I try to, you know, but yeah, studying human behavior and human psychology can take you a long way in creating better associations with yourself. So, think about it. In the second segment, we will be discussing the enemy of influence or associations. Trent Shelton said, Life has taught me that you can't control someone's loyalty. No matter how good you are to them, it doesn't mean that they will treat you the same. No matter how much they mean to you, it doesn't mean that they'll value the same. Sometimes the people you love the most turn out to be the people you can't trust. I love this quote, and I'm a very, very, very big fan of Trent Shelton. You know, I just feel like he's just so non, no nonsense with his approach and just you know, and, and intolerant of negativity and mediocrity and, you know, people that don't want to act right, people don't, that don't want to do right, people that want to hold other people up, people that want to poison the minds of others. And I feel the same way. And I feel like a lot of our trouble as human beings is that, you know, from the moment with children, we're groomed to trust certain people and a lot of the time the people that we're born to trust are the people that we shouldn't trust and it's again it's not because they're bad people it's just because they don't always have our best interest at heart gary hamill said trust is not simply a matter of truthfulness or even constancy it is also a matter of amity and goodwill we trust those who have our best interest at heart and mistrust those who seem deaf to our concerns. I feel like one of the greater or greatest indicators there are when you're trying to figure out who you're dealing with and who wants the best for you is paying attention to who ignores 
your concerns, paying attention to who wants the best for you, who pays attention to your goals, who makes you feel supported, who makes you feel lifted up, who makes life seem a little easier, who makes you feel encouraged, motivated, who aligns with your life's journey, who aligns with how you see yourself or how you want to see yourself or your future self, your higher self, who aligns with your values, who respects your boundaries. Almost a few years ago, you know, I actually decided to change my number because I needed to start over. I needed to separate myself. I was going through a period where I was going through a lot of stuff and I realized with all the stuff that I was going through, I didn't feel supported. And I felt like I had lots of people in my life that I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel valued, I didn't feel respected, I didn't feel needed, I didn't feel like what I had or what I contributed meant anything. And for maybe about a year, I felt that voice, I felt that inclination, I felt that intuition that said, you need to remove yourself, you need to separate yourself, and you just need to do that. Don't try not to overcomplicate it, but you know, it was complicated because so much of what I believe or used to believe or what I used to think was wrapped up in that family is this and family is that. And let me make it, you know, make something very clear. I didn't, you know, separate myself because they were bad people. I separated myself because I needed to learn who the hell I am outside of that. You know, growing up as kids, you know, the mom, the dad, the siblings, the grandparents, the aunt, uncles, cousins, everybody. is so many different voices. There's so much stuff that goes into and contributes and shapes your development. And we all grow up and feel like we all need to think and behave and believe in the same things. And I was going through a period where I was realizing the things that I believed in, the things that I wanted, the person I saw myself as, the person I see myself as, as all the things that I desire, I don't feel that anyone around me mirrors where I'm going. And I need to separate myself so I can hear myself without the noise, without the distraction, without the discouragement, uh, without the stagnancy, and without all the stuff that is just counterproductive to my success, counterproductive to my healing, counterproductive to my growth. After I did it, I was, you know, on Facebook, you know, I friended everybody on Facebook and on social media, but even after I did it, I was still checking all their Facebooks regularly and just, you know, just because I wanted to keep up with them, just because I didn't want them in my life at this particular moment didn't mean that I didn't want to know what was going on with them, you know, when I decided things were better or, you know, I was ready for something different, I wouldn't lose a beat, I wouldn't lose a step, but I also realized that was a lot of my people pleaser at the forefront, just trying to keep that going on, you know, because I spent so much time being a people pleaser that I didn't realize or I felt like I was sacrificing my identity and you know, separating and removing myself from that situation. So with, it took years, it took time to unplug, to detach and really 
really put myself first. It's the first time in my life where I feel my healthiness psychologically, mentally, emotionally. I feel my most balanced. I feel my most productive. I feel my most powerful. You know, I'm able to affirm my power and my value for myself and believe it. When it comes to choosing quality people to be around us, I feel like there are three enemies of, you know, association that we should be mindful of. And one, that is perception. You know, having people around you who have perceptions that are crippling, perceptions that are negative and hurtful, perceptions that don't create light but bring darkness. When we spend so much time around people that aren't able to trust and in going years and years and not feeling like you're not able to trust anyone with your experiences, with your hurt, with your life, with your pain and anything else, you learn that you can't trust yourself. At least I learned that. But, you know, anyone that believes or feels that way, they only grow and age more into that train of thought and it becomes more and more debilitating. I had to remove myself because a lot of the perceptions that I had around me were people that were comfortable deceiving themselves into believing whatever just to protect the ego, just to pretend something didn't happen. And in my life, I want to embody a life of truthfulness. I'm a truth seeker and I need the purity around me. So I got to keep it funky. It got to stink. It got to be honest. It got to be sincere. And I need that to be consistent with what's around me. I can't control what people do. I can't make people process their problems. But if I feel like it's a lack of authenticity there, which is one of my personal values, but there's a lack of authenticity, this ain't gonna work. If you wanna pretend, I have to remove myself because it's unloving and unkind, as Yala says, it's unloving and unkind to ask someone to do something they're unloving or unwilling to do. And again, this didn't make them bad people. No one's to blame. It's just they needed the room to be themselves because their life experiences and their life trajectory has led them to this point. And with me learning about human behavior, I was implementing a lot of things that I was learning and psychoanalyzing them and doing lots of blaming and People can't hear you when you blame them. When you feel like, when people feel like you're making them wrong, people can't hear you, they don't want to listen. And I had to learn that and I had to remove myself. I went to college for two and a half years, Jackson State University, and you know, I actually ended up dropping out because things got expensive and there was a few issues with my classes and a few classes not being available for like a year and a half. And they were talking about I wouldn't be able to become a junior or something like that. And I didn't take those classes in the order that they were, you know, given in. It was just really a bunch of mess. But either way, I dropped out of college and I came back to Chicago. And when I came back to Chicago, I was so depressed. I was so hurt. I was shocked. I was rattled. And, you know, when I came back, everybody just expected me to just pick it up and get back. To, you know, you need to find a job. You need to get back to work. And I needed a moment to heal and adjust, you know, because so much of my identity and so much of my future was wrapped up in me being a college student and a college graduate anyway. You know, in the midst of coming back, I actually met a friend and, you know, we became real cool, you know, uh, 
real cool chick, you know, love her to death. And we became real cool. We used to go to so many parties and so many, you know, turnups. You know, we travel on the bus to all different sides of town. You know, if I don't have it, she has it. You know, we used to just have so much fun. I'm talking about catching the red line from Chicago. You know what I'm talking about? But catching the train at four or five in the morning, you know, drunk or whatever, and just such so many good memories. And we did this for about many maybe two and a half, almost three years, you know? And I had so much fun, but I also realized that with all the partying and me working through that with all the drinking and smoking and all the stuff that was carrying on, I realized that I started wanting more. I started getting back in tune with myself. I started having ambitions again. I started, you know, getting back on track. And I'm wondering like, what would it be like if I got a job? You know, what would it be like if I had my own apartment? And, you know, I mentioned an apartment her a couple times and you know she was kind of like oh apartment like that sounds cool or whatever like that and I was like yeah I would need to get a job and you know so I can afford it and do this and do that and she was kind of like get a job like we come and we make it as it is you know we outside selling our link for cash you know what I mean just like <laughs> crazy stuff to struggle and you know but the moment I mentioned that I wanted to get a job you know she got real insecure and she got you know not mad but she got insecure and you know every time I mentioned after that she would be real quiet and I could tell she didn't support it it damn near sucked the air out the moment I just didn't understand how she couldn't want the best for me we spent so much time together we were good friends and different things like that but I realized she didn't want the best for me but the way we kicked it the way what we had going on she wanted us to be stuck in that time capsule for as long as we hung out you know and that wasn't good enough for me and next thing you know we just started spending less and less time and less and less time because I started demanding more of myself and expecting more of myself and you know eventually we just stopped hanging out all together and you know, I just never forget the whole thing with me mentioning how I wanted to get a job and actually, you know, start working and doing my own thing, really becoming a citizen of society and really just stepping up my game. When I had to be like about maybe 22 or 21 at this time. And, you know, like about maybe six or seven months after having this conversation, I actually ended up getting my apartment, my first apartment at like 22, 23, and everything changed. And, you know, it was this thing of, you know, anybody staying with you? Can I come live with you? And just the whole thing, and we just kind of stopped hanging out all together, really. But it's just that thing that you can't be in denial about people not supporting you or wanting the best for you. It could be family, it could be your mama, it could be your daddy, it could be whoever. And the thing is, and it takes time and it takes practice, but you can't take it personally. People can give you something that they don't have in themselves, not all the time. You know what I mean? When you pay attention to the people that you're spending time around, pay attention to their behaviors, pay attention to the actions they take that, you know, set them up for success or keep their lives the same. You know, pay attention to whether they're not taking action or they don't have it, whether they have goals or not. You know, these days, I'm in a place where I don't really want to be cool but kicking it with nobody that's a friend or associate or whatever, and I come over to your house and I don't see no books. 
You know what I mean? That's just me. I, I don't give a damn how it sounds, but I don't want to kick it or make friends with nobody that's not real. You digesting all of your information from social media or online and you not read anything. I don't want to hang out with nobody that's not real. That's a boundary for me. I don't want to hang out with anyone that's complaining more than they're taking action on their goals and making things happen. You know, someone that's complaining more about their, circum uh, their circumstances than creating their own circumstances. And when it comes to choosing the people that you want to be around, that you're allowed to be around you, you need to find, figure out what your boundaries are. You know, a lot of times if you don't know what your boundaries are, people will show you one way or another. And when it burns, you will know that's a boundary. People will try to talk you out of ignoring your boundaries because they feel like they should be able to be in your life, be an adult and do and say what they want to do. But if you have any courage and any confidence and any real sense, you know that's not how any of this works. I've gotten into so many arguments with my mama and my daddy over the years because, you know, they're old school and they're like a lot of parents and they come into the situation thinking that their respect matters more than mine. And it's just like maybe as a kid, I had to, to the best of my ability, respect that. But as an adult, our respect is equal. No one's respect has to be more than the others, but you're not going to be allowed to do and say certain things and I can as well. So you're going to treat me the way you want to be treated or we're just not going to caucus and talk. Simple. I remember being in college and it was one guy that was in denial about his mom being a liar. You know what I mean? Like his mom told him she was going to send him a money order for, you know, some food so he can kind of put some food in his dorm room. And she lied to him on a few different occasions. And, you know, one of his friends actually saw his mom at the neighborhood Piggly Wiggly grocery shopping. And, you know, she was pretty much telling him that she didn't have no money and that, you know, she didn't have no food and just, he went through this whole thing, you know, struggling because he didn't want to accept the fact that his mom was a liar. You know what I mean? And I think we grow up and we idolize the important people in our life, the adults, the authorities, the, our parents, whoever, and we put them on these pedestals or even with our friends. And we feel like so-and-so can never do that. So-and-so can lie about that. And you need to be in a place where Nothing should surprise you because it's like when you try to put people on those pedestals, that's when the bigger hurt comes about. You don't have to be cynical, but be aware. Like the first time I caught my mom in a lie, <laughs> I was like about eight years old and you know, I had a birthday party with a clown or something like that. And, you know, when you, you know, have the pin on your shirt and everybody give you a dollar and I think I must have got like about maybe like 80 or 90 dollars or whatever like that for that birthday and she was like oh baby let me you know what I'm saying let mama hold your money so you don't spend it all or whatever like that and <laughs> she held my mama she took my money and you know she ended up sending it to my dad on the road because he was a truck driver and she said he didn't have any money and he needed some money or whatever like that so he can't eat or whatever but I just remember a couple days after giving her the money you know what I mean? She told me, I was like, Mom, can I get the money? I want to go get me some new Air One shoes or whatever like that for picture day. And she's like, nah, you don't need it. You got shoes in the room. It's like, my money. Why are you telling me what I need when it's my money? And 
you know, it was kind of odd. And I started pressing her about it. And like the next day, we got into a conversation about it where I asked her, could she give me the month's money so I'd give me my money so I could go get some ice cream and go to the store or whatever. And she was like, boy, no, boy, no, I sent the money to your daddy and stuff like that. Stop asking me about the damn money and stuff like that. And I realized she lied. And she was acting that way because I caught her in a lie. And when, I don't know about you, but when you catch your parents and parents in a lie early, <laughs> it makes trusting them really hard. And it really made my life harder as a kid because when I feel like I can't trust what you say, and plus it was other situations where I caught, you know what I'm saying, caught them in lies, caught her in lies, and just caught her in dishonest situations. And it just, you know, it just made me more resentful and it made me more bitter. But, you know, it's that thing of, as, you know, as a child that's supposed to respect your parents as an authority figure, as a leader, it makes it hard to trust them as either of those when you feel like that they may be possibly incapable of being honest. And this is just my opinion. This is just my experience. But with, you know, the great thing about that is with learning that your parents lie, you know what I'm saying? With learning that your parents lie so early, I learned that everybody lies. You know what I mean? So, you know, I didn't get to be the spoiled or sheltered kid that grows up and my mom and my daddy don't lie. My mom and my daddy don't lie. And it's just living in this preserved, fake reality that isn't honest. And, you know, it's harder to process truths. It's harder to process real life experiences because you want to preserve them in something that isn't true. And, you know, it showed their humanity. And later on, I was able to better respect that and be empathetic to them and other people. But it just burst that bubble. And I wasn't a kid that grew up, you know, when, you know, you, when you say something about somebody's parents or whatever like that, it's one thing when you're talking about their parents, but it's another thing when you're assessing character and, you know, folks get, you know, in their feelings when you, not in their feelings, excuse me, folks can get sensitive when you talk about someone else's character, their parents' character, and I just wasn't ever that person, you know. If my daddy lied, if my mama lied, if they did something that was dishonest and dishonored you, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? As long as you're not trying to do them hurt or bodily harm or whatever like that, we good. But if, you know, if you speak in your peace and they lie, it just is what it is. If the people around you don't share your beliefs, they don't want you to be overall happy or they're not overall happy, if they don't share your values or have a sense of moral code or self-awareness, you need to leave them alone because they don't want the best for you and they're only going to set you up for failure. So, think about it. And in segment three, we'll be talking about how you can practice choosing better associations for yourself on a day-to-day -day basis. So let's get into it. Dan Pena said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I think a lot of us have heard this quote and I love this quote because again, I just feel like it's so true. You know, if you want to pay, if you want to know who a person is, pay attention to who their friends are. You know, your friends are going to say a lot about your overall beliefs, your values, your 
awareness, who you are as a person, how you perceive reality, they say a lot about you. I've had to get rid of so many friends over the years because I realized that they didn't mirror who I'm becoming, who I want to be. You know, I want to be friends, best friends, close and intimate friends with the Langston Hugheses, the uh, Norman Vincent Peels. I want to be best friends with the Yala Van Sants and the Oprahs. I want to be best friends with the Madam C.J. Walkers. I want to be best friends with the Tyler Perrys, the Jay-Zs, the Morgan Freemans, the Beyonce's, the RuPaul's, the whoever, but I wanna be around people of the top 5%. I wanna be around the people that are going to inspire me to be my best. I wanna be around the Les Browns's, the Jim Rohn's, the Tony Robbins, the Gary Vaynerchuk's. I want to be around the Tom Billions. I want those friends. I want those people. I want those mentorships. I want those relationships, but I want people that paint the picture of who I am and who I'm becoming. I want the people who mirror excellence and who mirror truth, who mirrors, you know, healthiness, healthy relationships, healthy thinking, healthy being. I want to be friends with the Lisa Nichols, the Quincy Joneses. I want to be friends with people that support me, that lift me up, people that check me, people that disrupt me when I'm in my comfort zone, people that just shakes up the ground I walk on, people that makes, you know, mediocre air hard to breathe. And I feel like some of the best ways that we can do that is by one, defining your boundaries. You know what I mean? Learn who you are. Even if that means you have to release and let go all your friends and family, whoever, while you figure out who you are, but learn your boundaries. Learn how to communicate your boundaries in advance before something bad happens because the moment you communicate your stuff when something bad happens, people feel like you've already let them in the house and they should be able to do what they want. And they don't want to have to be, you know, a wild animal that's being domesticated when they're able to run wild everywhere else. You know what I mean? A lot of people used to give me such a bad rap or I, you know, I had a bad rap myself. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to blame or complain, but you know, I had a bad rap before because I was mean and I was super aggressive. I mean, I'm still pretty super aggressive and I'm being blunt, but you know, I've found a lot more tact and decorum and how I bring it about in my opinion. But you're going to know exactly who you're dealing with. You know, if you even think about crossing me, you know, it's not going to go with. And you're going to feel that in our initial dealings. It's not going to be me trying to intimidate you or whatever like that. But I tell you, I'll tell you what I expect out of friendships, out of relationships. I tell you what I love and admire in people. And you'll know if that's you or not. And if it's not you, you'll be tight. You will be buttoned up. You will be offended and all of those beautiful things. But 
You know, you definitely have to define your boundaries. Define your boundaries with your parents. That needs to start because if people will have boundaries with everyone and you allow your mom and dad to get on the phone and berate you like a child and treat you like a kid and talk to you like you're trash and try to convince you that you're not enough or that you're nothing or because they're nothing and or didn't do anything with their lives or they're not happy or whatever the situation is by you being their kid, you're an extension of their family. And you don't have to go for that. So definitely define your damn boundaries. Get you some. Get you at least three, maybe five. But you'll notice the more boundaries you have, the more uh, aware of your boundaries that you are. People won't behave as much. They may not stick around the way they used to because they feel like, okay, he's on to me. He's not going to have that. She's not going to have that. It just ain't going to be like that. So I need to go somewhere else where I can act up and do that. But when you don't let people come into your life and do what they want to do, they don't stay long. They get the hell on. You want the people that respect your boundaries because you respect theirs. They have You have that mutual understanding that I'm to be respected and I'm valuable and that I matter. You also need to gauge people's intentions. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I had a conversation with my partner a while ago, maybe a couple of years ago, when we were just discussing, you know, having discussions about friendships and relationships and, you know, why you're friends with somebody, you know, because I feel like a lot of people have friends, but, you know, a lot of times you become friends or close with people and you don't realize it's over a few years or more years or whatever that you stop evaluating the why and the why you're in this friendship or relationship with this person and you lose sight of your intentions and your intention is long gone and this person doesn't serve, you know, the need or serve the capacity that they used to. So it's like, why gauge intentions? Why are you kicking with somebody? Why are you still showing up to this group? Or why, you know, why do you come to, you know, hang out with these people when everybody's negative or everybody's cheap or, you know, everybody wants to complain about their life being terrible, but also no one wants to take action. So gauge intentions. If you have friends, Ask them why they're friends with you. That'll be helpful because you get to learn how people internalize and define friendship for themselves. You get to understand how people define and internalize relationship for themselves. I feel like we stumble upon these things randomly or accidentally when shit pop off and now we got to deal with it. So, you know, when the, try getting to the bottom of these things when nothing's wrong so a person doesn't have to be paranoid. Why are you asking this? So why you ask? They may still do that anyway because people just, you know, people don't necessarily have the answer. Like they may not have the answers to something you want to know. They'll try to hold you off by asking why you want to know something. But Ask your friends, ask your parents, ask your whoever you're in a relationship with, like, you know, why are you in a relationship with me? And, you know, even if it's with your family, don't take that because we're family. No. What purpose do you serve in my life? What purpose do I serve in your life? What do I contribute to your life? Vice versa. And get to the bottom of those things because with the people that can't define the relationship or define friendship or that don't have any real intention, that's just kind of on autopilot and just going for the ride, those are the people that you need to be mindful of because, you know, one month can be five. Five months can be a year. A year can be two. Two can be five and ten. And you can find yourself on autopilot with someone that don't even know why they hang around with you. They don't even know why they hang with you or kick it with you or vice versa. 
Also, pick your battles carefully. You know what I mean? Realize that a lot of people are unhappy for whatever reasons. And when you get better about seeing that those things aren't about you, but they're about them, you don't have to waste time arguing and lowering yourself to anyone else's level. Pick your battles carefully. I used to be the person where I wanted to address every argument and finish every argument and finish and get the last word every time. And these days, that shit just ain't as important, isn't as important as my ability to be self-aware and be in control of myself. You know, I have this aspiration where if someone's cussing me out at the top of their lungs in my face, I can be unmoved and unbothered and just damn near ready to yawn because I don't think anything of it and it's not affecting me. Learn how to pick your battles carefully. You know, learn when people don't give a damn about violating your boundaries or violating your laws and what, you know, disrespects you or dishonors you. When people, you know, when people feel comfortable dishonoring you, there's no need to keep them around. Those are the, you know what I'm saying, pick your battles carefully. Also, surround your people, surround yourself with people who are warm, personable, who are loving. You know, so many of us are people around people that have, that keep, that sleep with daggers in their hands, that are unloving, you know, that I don't want to be friends or hanging around with nobody where we, every now and again, we can express love. You know, I love you, or, you know, what, however that may be for you. I don't want to be, you know, friends around or in relationships with people where we don't have that openness to share and be vulnerable and intimate that way. So surround yourself with people that are warm, people that remind you, even when you don't need to be reminded that you are loved and that you are important, you are special, you are unique, you are powerful, that you are, that you matter, that your goals matter, that your space here matters, you know, and surround yourself with people who do this effortlessly, that it really isn't any work. They just enjoy bringing the best out of people. You know, that's another goal of mine. I love to inspire. I love to show love. I love to motivate. I love to speak life into people's hearts and into people's souls. And, you know, I realize everybody won't always do this, but I do want to have, you know what I'm saying, at least two people that can do that for me as well. Because in the giving and sharing and transmuting of light, <laughs> you know, it's healthy and important for life to be returned and, you know, extended forth to me as opposed to me just giving the life. It means everything to give the life, but, and I will do that, but it's also important to feel the light coming back. You know, it's also important to feel the love. So surround yourself with people that you know love you, people that you don't have to spend time around wondering how they really feel and what they think of you, but people that show you, that respond to your love languages, you know? I'm someone that didn't get a lot of words of affirmation growing up, so... You know, as a result, I've become someone who loves to give words of affirmation to people because as people, I know how important it is for us to hear certain things, to, you know, for us to feel needed, for us to feel valuable, for us to feel vulnerable. And I love operating in that space of connecting with people and making people feel needed and 
vulnerable or like they matter, like they're the only person I love making people feel seen, you know, because I spent so much of my life feeling like I wasn't seen or I wasn't cared about. So, you know, and that lack back then, I want to turn that into love and light and share that. So surround yourself with people that love you. And more than anything, be yourself and, you know, be a catalyst for change and positivity. You know, it's important to stay open to new ideas. As people, we wrap our identities up in, you know, how we see ourselves and doing things a certain way. But it's so important to stay, so stay to be someone who stays open to new ideas and wants to grow and change constantly, who wants to be a lifelong learner. And you need to be around people who love to learn and learn new things. They don't turn up their nose the moment you suggest an idea or, you know, introduce newness to them, you know, whether it's, you know, mo uh, motives for self-love or productivity or growing your business or doing your hair or recipe you know I just over my lifetime I've definitely grown impatient with you know people that just like I do things this way and I'm just this person so this is my identity and that's fine on every day that you're allowed to be here you have an opportunity to recreate that and do that differently refine that make that better so stay open and be a learner, be an observer. Make it an intention to have people around you who value communication because if you don't, you will inherit all the people that want to inherit problems and have drama and sit on drama and not process drama, not move drama around and keep the house that you share together hoarded with drama and mess and garbage. So have people around you who value communication. I learned that one years ago. When it came, every time I have an issue, every time I want to discuss something or get an uh, insight or understanding about something, you know, this person clams up or they don't want to talk. And it's just that thing of, I don't want to deal with nobody that don't value communication. You want to be buttoned up? You want to shut down? You want to shut down five seconds into the conversation every time? I don't have time for that. I don't. Whatever your situation is, that's on you. I can't take that on. I can't carry that load. But I got to have someone that has the patience to have the conversation, to do the work, to value me, and more importantly, themselves enough to respect the very thing that God put us here to have, to grow together and work together. Communication. So... Have people around you that value communication because if you don't, you will spend lots of time around people who will make you feel like you're in the, in the dark and you will never not know what's going on. You'll always have those feelings of feeling like things, something is up, something is wrong and they'll tell you nothing's wrong and it's all in your head and you're tripping It's because they don't realize that you're emotionally intelligent enough to you know, detect underlying feelings and emotions and that you can pick up on things. They're so out of touch with their emotions that they can't realize that they're leaving an energetic trail. So have people around you that respect communication and respect growing as a communicator. You know, not someone that necessarily wants to be an expert communicator because it's important to want to communicate well, but also allow yourself to be a beginner. You know, I'm practicing these days or wanting to be someone that 
you know, is, I feel like I communicate well, but I also want to be a beginner at the same time. I want to, when it comes to listening, so you said so-and-so and so-and-so, is that right? Yeah. And with that happening to you, does that mean, you said that means so-and-so and so happened? Nope. Okay. Take me back to the beginning. You know, show me where I went, you know, the other way. I want to say one, but show me where I misheard you. Show me where the train went off the tracks and help me groom and grow myself as a listener, an active listener. So yeah, it definitely takes that intention and wanting to be a communicator. For a lot of you, it may even be your jobs. You know what I mean? I had to learn for myself that, you know, being at job, one, being at jobs that I hated was one thing, but most of the time, the jobs I hated was because the people that are there or were there are miserable. And I learned about myself very quickly that whoever my supervisor or manager or whoever the overseer is, you know what I mean? If they're, mad, if they're miserable and mad, I'm an empath and I absorb people's emotions and feelings so easily and naturally and it bugs me but it is what it is but I can't be around people who's you know jacked up like that day in and day out and on top of that all your co-workers and everybody that you work with just cynical and just mad and miserable and doubtful you know so maybe that's you you know I learned that one pretty quickly because I worked in lots of call centers and a lot of times people that work in call centers tend to be miserable and unhappy so that energy multiplies and it gets around very quickly so i learned that when i'm working in places with lots of people yeah that you know that energy can go around very quickly it's very contagious so if that's you and that's your job maybe you need to work somewhere where you're a receptionist or you're working by yourself maybe you need to try working from home you know what i mean like you need to switch it up and be dependent on your own energy because you can be at work and you can tune people out as much as you can but that amount of effort and energy is finite so Whatever it is that you have to do to practice choosing better associations for yourself, exercise those options. Do the work, you know what I mean? But make sure that the people around you mirror your values. You know, my values is authenticity, discipline, freedom, you know, excellence. And if no one mirrors those values, I need to be by myself and I gotta figure it out. And maybe that's the same way with you. Don't be scared of figuring it out. Because if you don't, you'll just become a part of somebody else's plan and you'll be left with the leftovers. Think about it. I just really want to thank y'all for sticking in with this episode. I love this episode and I had so much fun recording it because, man, like this is real shit to me. You know what I mean? I feel like the people that you spend your time around say a lot about you. You know what I mean? If you want to be someone that's a business owner, but, you know, most of the people or all the people in your life are comfortable, you know, being employees or working for other people, that's going to affect you somehow. You know what I mean? If you're and you know, if you're a singer and you're around lots of people that feel like if you're 30 and still trying to have a singing career, you know, 
that's going to affect you, especially if there's still work for other people. But you know what I'm saying? That's going to affect you. If you're someone that's seeking therapy and trying to heal a lot of trauma and life experiences or whatever, but you're around people that are happy being stuck in their trauma and unprocessed feelings and just stuck in the whatever, that's going to affect you. If you're someone that wants to be a millionaire or a billionaire and you have friends that are planning their next 5 to 10 to 15, 20 years uh, in employment that's talking about their pensions and talking about having enough money in their retirement plans, that's going to affect you. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not saying that you need to get rid of everyone that just doesn't reflect who you want to be, but if they're toxic and they're not healthy, yeah, they need to go. But if they're actually healthy and they mean well, then keep them around. I feel like having a balance of where you're going and where you come from is healthy because the people that are still where you are or where you left, they were there that reminded that I don't ever want to come back here. But they also keep me humble and keep me grounded in where I'm where I'm going and what I want to accomplish. And the people that are where you are and there they are where you want to go they keep you they incentivize your actions and they keep you compelled to take action and to pursue excellence so have a mixture of both if need be but don't just sit around wanting the best and having all these goals and wanting to do all this stuff and you're surrounded by people that couldn't care less if you're a problem solver and somebody that likes to get to the bottom of problems and, you know, have a clear conscience, you don't need to spend all this extra time with people that's just, that just wants to be mad and forget about it. And I don't want to talk about it. And just, you know, no closure and just lots of accumulated garbage. Choose better. Do better. Be better and know that as you get better, your reality gets better. And as an extension, the people that you attract will get better. So think about that. Welcome to the era segment. Y'all know I love this segment. It's just my jam. It's just because I get to challenge y'all to take action. I get to challenge my damn self to take action. You know, I love, I'm a grammar lover, so I love to find new words for each episode to one, hopefully inspire you to want to expand your vocabulary. You know, I was spelling be champ for a few years as a kid, and that always made vocabulary just more special, but also, you know, as a writer and as someone that writes songs and just communicates so much with the human language, and, you know, that has someone that has a passion for communication, I just love bolstering my language and growing that for myself all the time. So, yeah, with these words, I definitely want you to take action and start small. Start with something, you know, that you can do daily and just meet yourself where you are. So the first word is embolden, to be brave and courage, have courage or confidence. You know, embolden, be emboldened by the goals that you have, be emboldened by your intentions, be emboldened by your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, be emboldened by your stock portfolio, be emboldened by the neighborhood you want to live in. Have confidence in what it is you want to become. Be courageous and stand up for what it is you want to acquire and what it is in the mark that you want to leave on this world. People will try to talk you out of that because so many of us are more comfortable being follow, followers 
they're leaders. So it's so easy to feel like, you know, it's easy to follow the majority and do what everybody else is doing. So be emboldened to be different. You know, be emboldened by your differences. Be emboldened by everything that makes you, you. Emboldened. R. Revisit. Revisit your boundaries. Revisit why you do a certain thing the way you do. Revisit why, you know, you don't let nobody call you after a certain time. Because, you know, after nine o'clock, you probably don't want anyone to call you because those those last couple hours before bed, you want your mind to be clear and you don't want anybody bringing any negativity into your evening. Or maybe you require that before someone invites you out somewhere, they need to call you two days in advance to give you a heads up. I had to, you know, set a similar boundary for myself because with a lot of my family and friends, everybody just feel comfortable calling you up at the last minute, inviting you to things and not giving you the option of a heads up and letting you know in advance you just get the last minute calls all the time and that shit just didn't work for me so revisit your boundaries revisit your intentions revisit the reasons why you do things revisit why you take the route you take to work revisit why you hang with that friend who has been miserable you know, for all these years, revisit why you hang around with the guy that drinks too much and, you know, tells you why he doesn't need, need therapy or doesn't need to change. Revisit why you let your mom and your dad talk to you like you're crazy. Revisit why you let that cousin spend the night over your house and you know that they still. You know, revisit why you keep the people around you that wants to come to tell you why, you know, shame you for not having kids yet. Revisit. And A, associate. Associate yourself with better people. You know, even if you can't, you know, start small, whether you're going to mixers, networking events, open mics, depending on who you are, if you're an artist. You know, uh, even if you're communicating online through online communities to get your name out there or to, you know, cast a wider net. But think about who you are, who you want to become and the kind of people that will compliment who you are. You know, I love thinking grow rich and how Napoleon talks about a mastermind group. People that are on the same road that you're going on. They want the same things you want. They have similar goals or greater goals. You know, associate yourself with people who are smarter than you. I feel like the mistake a lot of us make is that we want to be the smartest person in the pond. And the moment we become the smartest person in the pond, we stop growing because we feel like we're the one that's teaching everybody everything. And we're no longer open to new ideas. We're no longer open to expanding. So associate yourself with quality, high quality. Associate yourself with people who may exercise more than you do. Associate yourself with people who may dress better than you do. You know, take a friend out to lunch that's been making uh, three figures and you've been intimidated for a while, but you know, it's time to get interested and get curious about how they do that because they may share an idea that may change your life. So, associate the people who are on another level from you. So there you have it. Embolden, revisit, and associate.
Now, before we wrap it up, I do want to thank y'all again for supporting this podcast. It means the world to me. In the next episode, we will be talking about being in touch with reality. So you don't want to miss that because we're going to kind of piggyback off some things that we discussed in this episode, but we're going to take it in another direction. And you know we're going to keep it real. You know we're going to keep it transparent. I'm going to be empathetic, of course, but we're going to lay it out. So you don't want to miss that. Anyway, if you have a chance, please share and download this episode. If you feel led and compelled to, please donate to this podcast. It all helps. Your support in whatever way that you can give it or lend it is valuable and you are valuable. And before I go, I want to thank you all for supporting the Medazine Cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential. Y'all have a good day, a good week, and you know, make sure you're starting to keep warm because you know it's starting to get cool outside too. Damn radiator starting to come on up in here and it is bugging me because I'm trying to do this work. And, you know, I pressed through anyway. And y'all pressed through too. You know, we're in October and October's almost over. So think about whatever goals that you may have and make sure you're on top of those joints. Making sure that you have those deadlines in place to honor those commitments and see that stuff through because we only got like, what, another couple months? And then we out, you know, 2022. So, what you gonna do? Anyway, I'm gonna let y'all go so I can get back to my business and y'all can get back to y'all business. Y'all have a good night, a good day, a good morning, a good week, or a good weekend, depending on what time you listen to this, but be loved. Peace.